On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Saturday, January 22nd. Uh, Ian Cameron with you. Uh, we are ready for a Saturday uh, NHL slate, a big Saturday uh, NHL slate. Glad you're with us here uh, on the Saturday show. Huge card. We've got uh, a bunch of games on tap. Let's get right to it here and start with the first game this afternoon. we got the Philadelphia Flyers taking on the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, we've got the Flyers currently uh, road favorites in this game. Total creeping up to six uh, pretty much across the board uh, in this one. Um when you look at this game here, oh, man, is it very difficult to back either side? I can tell you right now I'm not laying any price with the uh, Philadelphia Flyers as road favorites. That's just not going to happen uh, given their losing streak. I kind of tried to make a case here for Buffalo, but you all of a sudden see that they now are going to be a little bit depleted and shorthanded for this game. Uh, they just called up. Uh, the young kid, Jack Quinn, who, of course, scored his first NHL goal uh, in that last game for the uh, Sabres. And, and all of a sudden, you've got uh, him not in the lineup, which is very, very unfortunate here uh, in this one uh, because of the fact you think he gave this team a spark. He gave this team some life. Uh, and we just didn't see, uh, you know, we were expecting this, him to be in the lineup tonight and, or this afternoon. It just did not happen. Again, the Flyers continue to just be a, a team that cannot find a way to win a game. I could only take Buffalo here. And, you know, they're going to have Michael Hauser in net, who was actually very good in his start against Ottawa earlier this week. He played very well, in fact, uh, three to one uh, in the, for the Sabres in that game. Um, I'm going to have a small bet on Buffalo. It's nothing with significance here, plus 120. It's just I'm concerned with who's not going to be in the lineup and on the uh, on, on the ice for them in this game more than anything else. As far as the total is concerned, yeah, Martin Jones in net for the Flyers. Hauser was good against Ottawa. Can he be that good again here? Uh, that remains the question for the uh, Sabres. Can he back it up, play well again uh, on uh, home ice? Or, or once again here now on home ice, he was in Ottawa earlier this week with that start. We'll see. I, I would still lean over the total here uh, in this game uh, 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 right now between the uh, Flyers and Sabres. So, again, uh, don't love the game, but I will, I will look at Buffalo as a small bet the over. Uh, as a small play as well. We've got Winnipeg and Boston. Boston minus 170 now. Home favorites here. Five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, Bruins playing, of course, now without uh, Brad Marchand for a period of time. Uh, he's out indefinitely. Anton Bleed as well from this hit that he sustained uh, from Tom Wilson in the game against Washington. He won't play. Mike Riley's out on the blue line. John Moore's out on the blue line. So you got a couple starting defensemen out. Got a couple forwards out uh, up front. We'll see how the Bruins fare here. What we do know about Boston is, look, 
Marshawn is a huge loss. We know that, especially with the way uh, that he's been playing lately here for uh, the uh, Boston Bruins. But, you know, you've still got right now a couple of other players that have really played well, stepped up offensively, and you're going to have to hope that remains the case going into this matchup this afternoon against the Jets. Uh, uh, David Posternock's been fantastic uh, lately for the uh, Boston Bruins. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, what will you get from, again, when you're looking at this lineup, uh, can you get consistent offense? Can Taylor Hall step his game up a bit? Craig Smith's going to move to the top line role now with Patrice Bergeron and Jake DeBrusque. Hall with Howla and Posternock on the second line. So a little bit of line juggling here for uh Bruce Cassidy going into this game against Winnipeg this afternoon. Uh, we'll see how, how that ends up shaking out for them. We don't have goalie confirmations yet uh, for this game. Uh, Allmark and Hellebuck projected. Do they go back to Tuka Rask here? Uh, Allmark did get them the victory against uh, Washington 4-3. Rask was in net for that abomination of a performance, 7-1 loss against Carolina. But you have to factor in that in that game, we saw Winnipeg really, really, or sorry, Carolina just jump on Boston, and Boston looked just absolutely dreadful uh, in that first period. Winnipeg coming off a loss to Nashville uh, in their last game. We'll see if they can pick it up uh, and play better here against uh, Boston. I would expect them to do that, um, but the Jets just have had a tough time right now uh, winning games consistently. Boston's won two straight head-to-head against this uh, Jets team, and just before you knee-jerk betting against Boston with no Marshawn, we know how Often that works where, you know, a team often can bounce back and play well. Uh, first game when a star player gets injured, you worry that could be the case here for the Bruins who are, again, playing well, uh, six and one in their last seven games. I don't want to lay a buck 70, so I'm not involved in the side, but I'm going to take over five and a half here. I'm going to rely on these two teams to find some offense. I think the Jets will. Uh, even without Nikolai Ehlers for them. Uh, that's obviously a, a huge loss up front for them in terms of offense. But Pierre-Luc Dubois has picked up the slack. Still have Mark Scheifele. Still have Kyle Connor. Uh, Paul Stastny just recently came back. Andrew Kopp is someone that we know has stepped up at times offensively. He had two goals against Detroit, and he's scored. Uh, he's had at least one point now in four straight games for the Winnipeg Jets. So I'm looking at this here as a spot where I think the Jets could find their way to some goals here against Boston. Boston's without two starting defensemen. Don't forget that. And you know those cluster absences on the blue line often mean you're shakier uh, in terms of defending your own net. And even without Marshawn, uh, I could see the uh, Bruins chipping in offensively here. The Jets have struggled a little bit to keep the puck out of their own net. I've talked at nauseum about how the Jets are really playing a quicker-paced brand of hockey under Dave Lowry, trying to get that transition game, trying to get the puck going north-south very, very quickly. So I like over five and a half here with the uh, Jets uh, and the Bruins in this second afternoon game taking place. Uh, Carolina and uh, New Jersey. Uh, next up, we've got Carolina here about minus 170 to minus 175 road favorites. Uh, six being the total here uh, in this game. Uh, from a spot perspective, definitely a little bit of a tricky one for Carolina coming off the 6-3 a home win against the New York Rangers uh, in their last game. It's back-to-back -back for them. It's a very well-rested New Jersey team. Unfortunately, it's a Devils team not playing great. They've lost three in a row. You can't even say they've lost to great teams. Columbus, the Islanders, <laughs> and uh, Arizona. It's not exactly a who's who of great uh, NHL teams at the moment. So uh, definitely when I see New Jersey with the situational edge, that's definitely that's good. But what's not good is obviously the way they have played in the last three games, and that does concern me a little bit here uh, in this matchup tonight. As far as uh, goaltending, Frederick Anderson was in net last night. 
Uh, we'll see if he's back in net tonight. I can I continue to be concerned about the decline of Mackenzie Blackwood. He just has not been good this year for the Devils. He has not really had a season where he's felt in sync and in rhythm and ready to play at a very high level uh, going uh, for the uh, Devils this year. Remember, he didn't start the year with the team. He came back late, and it really seems to have thrown off the way uh, he's played this year. He has definitely been fighting the puck. Uh, the Devils still a, a little bit banged up as well. A couple of key players out still without Dougie Hamilton, uh, especially on the blue line. As far as the Hurricanes are go, go uh, Jordan Martin Nuke remains out. Marty Natchez, who's missed the last few games, still on IR. And unfortunately uh, for the Hurricanes, Tavo Teravainen, uh, left the game last night with a lower body injury uh, against the New York Rangers, even though they won that game. And uh, Tara Vinan's been red hot lately. You look at his production, he's had six points in the last uh, five games uh, for the uh, Carol. sorry, six points in six games uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes. He's really been uh, a spark plug uh, offensively. Uh, this is tricky because uh, I, I kind of want to take over, but it's a, it's a, it's, it is a, a back-to-back situation. Uh, the total now in the six range, I'd still lean that way. I have no intention of betting under with a Blackwood right now with how much he is fighting the puck. And you look at all the recent numbers, it bears that out. We have seen overs two straight meetings head-to-head, but Blackwood gave up four against Arizona, four against Columbus, five against Boston, three against Washington, five goals allowed against Edmonton. He has just been struggling. He's been fighting the puck. He's lost a lot of confidence here uh, for this Devils team. 3.29 goals against, 894 save percentage. Uh, on the year over a pass for me, I would st- even with the tricky spot. Uh, I'm not really in a rush to uh, take New Jersey and I'm not in a rush to fade Carolina. It doesn't mean I'll take Carolina. I will probably uh, end up staying off a side here in this game. Keep in mind, anti Ranta is a little bit inferior comparing him to Freddie Anderson. Uh, Ranta has been good at times, also been shaky at times this year uh, as well for the uh, hurricanes in between the pipes. Uh, you know, you look at that last game he started was at Columbus. We have not seen Ranta uh, in that since that new year's day game where he gave up three goals on uh, nine shots and was pulled in that game. That's the crazy game that Carolina came back and won seven to four. So Ranta was not good his last start. And you always worry about consistency with him a little bit. So lean over the total right now. Again, we'll wait to see goalie confirmations, but as of right now, uh, that's the way I would definitely be leaning in this one is toward uh, this game going uh, up and over the total with the uh, Hurricanes uh, and the uh, Devils. All right, uh, next up here on the uh, Saturday slate as we continue along, we've got uh, just here, Montreal, Colorado. Uh, Currently, Colorado, huge, huge favorites, as you would expect. Massive uh, chalk in that minus uh, 600 range. Pretty insane price. Uh, going on here with the uh, avalanche uh, the total in this one uh, sitting at uh, six and a half uh, pretty much across the board that's what I like here again I hate to be repetitive but Montreal is giving up now unless Montreal suddenly says look we can't give up 51 shots like we did against Dallas 53 shots like we did against Vegas and expect to win games they're just hemorrhaging scoring chances shots and goals left and right Um, and now they got to face Colorado which is not going to be easy. And look, Colorado got slowed down a little bit by LA and uh, Anaheim uh, in their last two games, but now they're back at home where they just seem to score goals and the games go over the total. Uh, They've been an over machine on home ice. They've been just an offensive machine, a scoring machine uh, on home ice. That goes without saying as well going into this game. And I don't know if Montreal's got the defense to stop 
them. In fact, I know they don't. Not with what we've seen lately. They have been giving up way too many goals. Like I said, the Avalanche now on a run of 4-0-2 to the over their last six home games. Like we say, they've been scoring four, five, six, seven goals on with regularity here uh, on home ice this year. Doesn't feel like this is the time for this Montreal offense to uh, really uh, you know, be able to uh, shut this team down. Not to mention... Look, a reason that Montreal has been able to hang in these games despite the boatload of shots they've allowed is because Samuel Montembeau has been terrific uh, in net here lately for uh, the uh, Montreal Canadiens. You're not going to see him, though, uh, in net tonight. It's going to be Caden Primo and, you know, his last start, four goals allowed on just 16 shots uh, against the Arizona Coyotes uh, earlier this week on Martin Luther King Day. Prior to that, back in November, he gives up five goals and a 6 nothing loss to Pittsburgh. It gives up three goals to the Rangers before that. I mean, it's been really, really uh, shaky goaltending from Caden Primo, and that bothers me here in this game. And uh, I understand that this is not the – this just can't take lay this price with Colorado. And even minus one and a half, minus two and a half goals on the puck line, you're not exactly in a spot where you are uh, getting great value, you know, with a favorite this big. However, Montreal, I just don't know if I trust this team to keep the puck out of their own net with the shots they're allowing. They gave up four to Vegas, three to Dallas, five to Arizona, three to Chicago, five to Boston, five to Florida, four to Carolina. This is going to be tricky here against this uh, Colorado team. I like over six and a half because I do believe Montreal can find the back of the net here. You know, they have been... They have been opportunistic with their, uh, their with their game lately. Nick Suzuki, Mike Hoffman having Tyler Toffoli back as help. Josh Anderson having him back as help. This Michael Pizzetta continues to impress, not only physical, but gets in your face, shows some emotion out there, the physicality, but he's chipped in offensively as well uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. So I absolutely think that Montreal can uh, chip in offensively find their way to at least some offense. Colorado take care of the re- takes care of the rest and we probably find this way this game going over the total. That's the way I see it. Now again, we do have we have had three unders in the last four games for Colorado, but they were all on the road. They were all against teams that are looking to slow it down like Arizona, Anaheim, LA, not want to get in the track meet. Probably teams that are at least a little bit more uh you know, uh, good, I guess you could say better sound defensively than Montreal is right now. There's nothing sound or structured uh, about the way the Canadians uh, are defending right now. So I like over six and a half here. Just keep it simple. I think Colorado probably wins, but there's very little value on them. I just think, you know, 5-2, 6-2, 6-3, Colorado. That's kind of the final score I see. Maybe we get 5-4. You know, maybe Montreal does what they've done a lot lately, like they did against Vegas. You know, hang right in a game and even against a, a an upper echelon team like Colorado. So I think there's a lot of variance from a side perspective. Will Colorado win? And if they do win, they should win. But will if they win, will they win by a goal, two goals, three goals? Because I could see any of those possibilities, quite honestly. Um, but I am confident they score in bunches. But also confident Montreal chips in as well. So that's why I'm going to stick to the over in that game. Uh, Ottawa, Washington next up. We've got Washington minus 200 home favorites, uh, six and a half the total. I'm, I'm taking the Sens here. I'm taking a shot with Ottawa here. They continuously play, st- they play tough against the better competition. Beat Calgary, beat Edmonton. Pittsburgh, they could have been up after that first period. They had 20 shots on goal and the score was 3-1 Pittsburgh. 
after that first period in spite of that. It really was unfortunate for the uh, Montre- for the Ottawa Senators because I thought they played a pretty solid uh, opening period of hockey uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins last night and deserved better than being down 3-1 to one, uh, after that opening period. So we'll see what that uh, leads to here uh, in this game between the uh, – uh, between the um, um, Senators and Capitals here. I blanked on that for a sec. Uh, Senators and Capitals. We'll see if Ottawa can bounce back from these uh, last two losses. They do seem to elevate their game a little bit. I just don't know if I trust Washington in this kind of price range. You're pricing Washington as minus 200 favorites. Do you know, again, I'm going to go back to this this theory here with TJ Oshie, and he's going to be out again. John Carlson looks like he's out again. Connor Sheary's questionable. Uh, Nick Jensen's now questionable on the blue line tonight for the Capitals. So you've got cluster absences potentially for this Capitals team uh, on the blue line tonight. That's a concern for me. Jensen, Orlov, and Carlson. Oshie's still out. Do you realize, again, I'm going to say it again, with TJ Oshie out for the Washington Capitals, he's missed nine nine games since, I believe, middle of December, late December. They are 1-8. In those nine games that TJ Oshie hasn't played, one and eight, this Washington Capitals team, that's not good uh, at all uh, for Washington. They just have not been able to find ways to consistently win hockey games without Oshie uh, on the ice. That continues to be a little bit of a worry for me uh, going into this game here uh, against uh, the um, against the uh, Ottawa Senators here. So again, winning games without uh, TJ Oshie continues to be an issue. Um, uh, the worries me here laying this kind of price. Ottawa was saying a lot of good things. You know, we like the effort. We, you know, we want to play. And they said, we want to play fast. Uh, we want to play quick. Uh, and Brady Kachuk said that there's a lot of things to like. You, you wouldn't have known the team lost six, four to Pittsburgh with the way they were talking after that game. They felt like they lost, they won uh, or they liked their game that they felt like they played a good enough hockey game to win. And I would concur with that. Look, if not for, uh, a, a better opportunity, you know, if, if they didn't, if they had be- done a better job of finishing their chances in the first period uh, of that game, uh, I'm looking at, it could have been a different outcome against Pittsburgh uh, the other night in that game. So I'm taking the big dog here. Um, Wash- uh, Ottawa plus 180, uh, plus 175. That's what you can get in that range with the uh, Senators here in this game. I think they're a live road underdog. I just don't have a lot of confidence in the moment. Uh, in what we're seeing here from the uh, Washington Capitals. The over has cashed in four straight games, and not just cashed, but 7 to 2, 6-1, 5-3, 7-5 have been the scores of those last four head-to-head meetings between Ottawa and Washington. So hard to, again, I hate to be repetitive, but over or pass for me from a total standpoint. But I do think uh, Ottawa is live tonight. There's just something not right with Washington here. Even Ovechkin's been a little bit, you know, not always present uh, in every single game uh, as of late either for this uh, Washington team. So I think they're live here tonight, Ottawa. They're worth a shot. Win or lose, this is a good price. This is a team that's playing hard. This is a team that I think is better than people think. Oh, and they're going to have Matt Murray back. And never in a million years would I say, man, am I thankful to see Matt Murray back uh, in net for Ottawa tonight. But did you see the way? Uh, Gustafson and Forsberg played the other night, uh, that tandem against Pittsburgh. It was rough for them. So I'm actually happy they've got Matt Murray uh, returning here uh, tonight for the uh, Ottawa Senators. Live dog, in my opinion.
We'll back the Senators in this one. All right, next up as we continue along uh, on this Saturday card, we appreciate everybody on YouTube tuning in. Hit the like button on YouTube if you're watching live, if you haven't done so uh, already. Uh, let's turn to uh, Arizona and the New York Rangers. We've got the Rangers uh, minus 290 to minus 300 home favorites in this game. Five and a half the total in this one. Um, it's difficult to find value here uh, in this game. It's back-to-back -back for both teams. Both teams off losses. Uh, Rangers 6-3 lost to Carolina last night. Arizona getting blanked 4-0 uh, by the New York Islanders. So it's the second of back-to-back -back games here in this one. The only concern I would have here with the way I'm thinking of betting this game is obviously the play of Corral Vimelka lately. Uh, for the Arizona Coyotes, we've got to give this guy his due. He's played very well in net. He's gone four and three with a 2.75 goals against average and 9.25 save percentage in seven appearances here in the month of January. Look, he's playing well. Um, uh, <laughs> Vimelka for Vesna. I don't know if I'd go that far, but no, right now he's feeling it. And right now he's in good form at the moment for this uh, Arizona team. So give him credit for that. Uh, absolutely uh, playing well. And you know, it's always a dangerous proposition. The New, New York Rangers, though, when I look at them, I don't think they were thrilled with their game at all. And I was worried about, and I cashed a ticket with Carolina team total uh, over last night in that game with the Rangers and the Hurricanes. And I said it, that uh, I was very much concerned uh, about Alexander Georgiev in net. I was concerned that the Rangers have been giving up a lot of more quality chances. I don't think the defensive game for the Rangers has been very airtight the last couple. You know, even the win against the Leafs when I took the Rangers, they gave up a lot in that game. And if not for some brilliance from Igor Shosturkin in net, you know, the Leafs could have scored a lot more than they did uh, in that game. Uh, so to me, when I look at it, Rangers got to tighten it up here a little bit uh, at the defensive end of the ice. I think this is one of those games they will look to do that uh, going into this one. Five and a half. The total here, I would actually lean to the under here uh, in this game. Uh, you're probably going to see Shesterkin in that. I'm, I'm pretty shocked that they kept Shesterkin for this game and did not start him against Carolina. That's a little strange to me. Usually you want your number one goalie against the uh, superior opponent, uh, but that did not happen. They gave Georgiev the assignment last night against the Hurricanes and projected to be uh, Shesterkin tonight uh, for this game at home against the Coyotes, which is a little strange. Uh, still a lot of absences, too, for uh, Arizona, yet they've withstood it. Connor Timmons on the blue line, uh, Barrett Hayton, the center, uh, Jay Beagle, a good two-way defensive-minded shutdown-type center's been out. Ryan Dezingle's been out for some time. So uh, they've got some injuries in key spots, but we'll see how this one goes. I feel like the Rangers, maybe in the first period puck line, is a bet that I'm kind of interested in here uh, in this game. I mean, when I look at it, I think first period's got to be a game, uh, an early part of the game where they come out strong here uh, in this one. It's the only value you can probably siphon here from the New York Rangers. Plus 110 uh, for the Rangers in that first period puck line. That's what I would consider here uh, in this game is maybe a, a fast start, just Durkin and net. Uh, here in this game. Now they've had slow starts each of the last two games. And that's something Gallant pointed to in his comments after the loss last night saying, you know, we can't dig ourselves a hole in the first period. Like we've done here, they dug out of it and won against Toronto. They weren't as fortuitous to be able to do that last night against Carolina. So they are talking about a fast start and I'd rather do that. This could be a game too, where Rangers get up one, nothing or two, nothing. And maybe Arizona, because they really have 
not really quit in a lot of games lately, battle back. So maybe the Rangers' first period, that is the bet I was interested in most. It's the only value I think you can find. There's no way I'm taking a money line with the Rangers. There's no way I'm laying even a goal and a half with the Rangers uh, on the puck line. But I think that minus a half plus 110 with the Rangers is appealing to me. They are still better than Arizona. They should have focus after the loss last night. They've got their number one goalie in net. I'd expect a better start. Uh, First period puck line would be the way I would go here in this one with the Rangers as they take on uh, the Arizona Coyotes. All right, next up, as we continue along here on this uh, Saturday uh, NHL slate, uh, let's see what we've got here. Let's go to the Toronto Maple Leafs and the New York Islanders. Uh, next up here, we've got uh, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs about minus 170 uh, road favorites in this game. Uh, the total five and a half pretty much across the board. Uh, this would be a Toronto in regulation spot for me uh, in this one. I feel like they, this is a team that's probably going to have a good effort tonight. Uh, when you have your coach, Sheldon Keefe, call you soft and purposeless with your performance against the Rangers. And you've had two days off. You've got a scheduling edge. You've got a rest advantage. Coach just was not thrilled with your defensive game the other night uh, in that 6-3 loss. Uh, you got an Islanders team that's now on a back-to-back uh, 4-0 against Arizona. They have won 6-7, but Buffalo, Edmonton can't get out of their own way. New Jersey, Philly, Philly again, Arizona. This is, not, this is the sisters of the poor uh, that the New York Islanders have been beating up on right here. Uh, lately Uh, this is by far going to be their best challenge their greatest challenge their the best opponent they've played uh, in recent games let's see if they're up to the task and an angry opponent because I think Toronto is not thrilled with the way their game's been trending lately here uh, in this one Uh, you've got obviously for the uh, Leafs again some issues on the back end you know they've uh, they had Hall and Muzzin missing uh, in that last game Uh, and it looks like tonight they're still going to be without Muzzin at the very least on that blue line, but it is looking like they might have uh, Justin Hall, at least back uh, on the uh, blue line tonight for the uh, Leafs coming out of uh, COVID protocol. So that's some good news there. Uh, Sheldon Keefe is still tinkering with his uh, defensive pairs uh, tonight. And obviously it looks like going to give potentially Carl Dahlstrom uh, the uh, shot now at the, uh, on the blue line, because look, they put in Alex Biega, who's basically a journeyman defenseman. He's not exactly fleet of foot. And he kind of got exposed a couple of times by the Rangers in that loss uh, on Wednesday night. So uh, I, I just wouldn't want to step in front of Toronto in this spot. I, I, I don't know if I'll be taking them, but I'm just, I've got my eye on the Toronto and regulation spot. To me, that is the way I would go uh, in this game. I'm go- I've got to see the Islanders beat somebody good. Okay. I can't, I cannot take the Islanders run with a great deal of seriousness based on who they've beaten. New Jersey, Edmonton, twice against a, uh, a, a flatlining Philly team, Arizona. I mean, none of these wins do anything for me. They just don't. Um, and, and I got to see them uh, win uh, some some games against some good competition here moving forward. Um, maybe, maybe the Islanders can step up. Maybe they can beat a good team. But boy, beating good teams has not been something they've done uh, consistently. Uh, the shutout loss to Washington, and Washington's kind of been up and down and kind of they've struggled with their game lately too. And the Islanders lost to them two nothing. And of course they lost to Vegas as well. Those are the two best teams they've played during this little stretch. Um, and you got the rested team, you know, a team that's trying to bounce back after a bad game. Yeah. Uh, Toronto and regulation here. You can get that around uh, minus uh, close to even money here. Minus minus one ten. Um, that's the way I would go here in this one. 
Um, I would look at John Tavares too, maybe. Like he's been struggling lately, but he would love to go into this UBS arena and silence the Islander fans who always give him grief, who give him a hard time. It's time to park that, all right? You know, it's like it's it's old news now that he signed in Toronto. It's time to get over the grudge. Stop being, you know, so petulant about it. He signed with the team that he grew up cheering for in his hometown. You're going to begrudge him of that seriously. And you're still going to like go nuts with the booing and, you know, chanting throughout the game. I mean, it's time to move on. I think, you know, I understand you felt hurt and I get it. You know, he was obviously a big part of the Islanders for a long time, but it's time to close the book. All right. And move on from that, in my opinion. But nevertheless, it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, Tavares have a solid game here. Uh, in this one, I think he's had chances. If you've watched any Leaf game recently, he's had a boatload of chances. Just can't buy one right now. Maybe tonight's the night it goes in for him. So maybe a little goal scorer prop here for uh, Tavares tonight in this one. And like right, I said, right now, leaning toward uh, Toronto regulation here, uh, minus 110 uh, in this game. All right, we continue along here. Already one, uh, by the way, the as we're recording this show right now, the live version of the Ice Guys, the Philly Buffalo game has started. It's already one nothing Buffalo Sabers, and uh, there you go. I said small bets on Buffalo in the over, and uh, uh, good start there uh, in that one. And uh, like I say, Philly just can't find a way to win, and Buffalo is very short-handed. But Buffalo could have beat Dallas the other night. But uh, Sabers off to a good start there uh, in that game. All right, we continue along here on this Saturday uh, NHL card. Thanks to everyone for joining us live on YouTube and those of you listening on the podcast uh, as well. Uh, let's go to Detroit and Nashville. We've got Nashville, about minus 220, uh, minus 230 home favorites, uh, five and a half the total in this game. It's probably a Nashville spot. I'd lean Nashville in some form uh, in regulation here. I just, with the Detroit Red Wings, I mean, it's it's Detroit on the road. They've been terrible uh, on the road, uh, this Red Wings team. And uh, I kind of thought they had a chance to beat Dallas last night uh, in that game. And boy, it looked like they were going to. Um, but Dallas ties it late and then they get the win in overtime, just a crushing loss for Detroit. Cause they played pretty well, played that Dallas team pretty close, pretty even uh, as well. It was a back and forth game. It was, it could have went either way, but when you have a four, three lead late in the third period and you don't find a way to win, that's a tough way to lose. And now on a back to back going on the road against Nashville, it may not be easy for the Red Wings here uh, to bounce back here uh, in this game. I actually like the goal, the over here. Uh, there's an interesting statistic. First of all, Nashville has been a sneaky over team lately uh, to the tune of six and two in their last eight games. Detroit is 10 and one to the over this year on the second of a back to back. They have been an over machine. Actually, that's dating back to last year as well. Those numbers 10 and one to the over on the second of back to back games. But that's significant. And they are perfect seven and zero to the over the Detroit Red Wings on the second night of back to back games uh, as well. So. You know, with the total here uh, being a modest one, you know, you're looking at five and a half here. You know, you're going to have Detroit on a back to back. You're going to have probably uh, I don't know if they'll start Nadelkovich again for a second straight game uh, in this one. Soros for Nashville, probably. But that's a hard stat to ignore. Seven straight overs on a back to back for the Detroit Red Wings. So and plus their defense could be a little bit fatigued. And like I say, they didn't play exactly great at that end of the ice and against a Dallas team that. Not always a team that we count on as being an offensive machine, but they were last night uh, against this uh, uh, Detroit Red Wings defense. So I would go over five and a half, lean only to Nashville and regulate. Nashville should win, but uh, just a lean for me to Nashville and regulation. By the way, I want to mention something about the Leafs. Peter Morozik's in net tonight, not 
Jack Campbell. And I don't think I mind that for Toronto. Jack Campbell needs a break. Jack Campbell has given up five goals now and back-to-back starts for the Leafs. This is the right time, I think, to, for Sheldon Keefe to go with Peter Morozik in net. He hasn't played much. He's got to get in the net at some point. He said uh, Keefe said that the other day as well. It makes perfect sense. I think it's a good time to give Jack Campbell a blow. Give him a rest. Let him you know, recharge his batteries a little bit. He's played a lot of hockey lately. Maybe he hasn't been as sharp the last couple games, but maybe a, a, a little break for him is not the worst thing in the world. So I don't mind it one bit for the decision that was made uh, for Peter Morozik to be the goalie tonight for the Leafs. Uh, in that game tonight against the uh, New York Islanders. All right, we got three games left. Let's go to Chicago and Minnesota. We got the Minnesota Wild minus 215 to minus 220 home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Um, Obviously, Minnesota just taking apart uh, Chicago last night, 5-1 victory, really disappointing from the uh, Blackhawks. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury looked like he finally hit a wall. And this is a guy, again, he's played a lot of hockey lately. Um, and it looks like he finally hit the wall a little bit last night. Uh, Wild have already confirmed that Cap, uh, Capo is going to start again here uh, tonight uh, in this game for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, he was very good last night. Uh, 35 saves on 36 Chicago shots. Uh, only a Dylan Strom goal uh, beating him here uh, in this one at last night uh, in that game. Uh, so we will see how this one uh, plays out for uh, Chicago. But, you know, Fleury ended up getting pulled in that game. Uh, Kevin Lankinen uh, finished it out uh, last night for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. So does that change the uh, initial, um, I guess, planning of the way this back-to-back home-and-home was going to play out for Chicago? Because I think initially Lankinen was going to get this game tonight and and start for Chicago. Now we're not so sure, obviously, with them having to relieve uh, Marc-Andre Fleury last night. Uh, in that game, uh, Minnesota, I'm looking over the total in this game. We've talked about how, and l- last night I wasn't totally sure that the game would go over, but it just did thanks to that third period goal by Chicago. But now we got Minnesota at home. We've talked about this just constantly about the barrage of overs that we've seen with Minnesota uh, at home uh, at the XL energy center, 13 and three uh, to the over this year uh, on home ice. Uh, and uh, certainly I would look at, I think Minnesota is probably going to win again, to be honest. Like, I think that was Chicago's opportunity with Flurry at home. Now they got to go on the road, this wild team that's 12 and four at home this year. I'm not going to take Minnesota because I think last night was probably the value price. Now you're laying minus 220 uh, with them at home and even regulation. You got to lay upwards of minus 140 or 50 with uh, Minnesota, even if you want to back them here in regulation. Uh, and that's a big price in my opinion. Um, but uh, right now, what I would look at here is just over six in this one, Blackhawks and Wild. Blackhawks have actually trended to the over uh, on the road, uh, 11 and seven for the Blackhawks uh, to the over on the road. So that's what I would do. Chicago, Minnesota over six uh, in this one. All right, we continue along. We've got um Battle of Alberta, Calgary Flames, and the reeling Edmonton Oilers. Even money both sides, six the total. I like Calgary. I'm at the point now where I, I, I'm out. I'm out. I am out of giving Edmonton chances. I'm out of the game of, of playing the game of, well, Edmonton's due to play better. Oh, Edmonton's finally going to put it together. Oh, Edmonton's finally going to have a good game defensively. Oh, they're finally going to get a save from anybody and 
I think that now is becoming the biggest issue because there's been a lot of issues this year for Edmonton. There's been games where their depth scoring is non-existent and there's too much asked of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. There's been games their blue line has been shaky. There's been games that when they're, they don't score on the power play, they get nothing at five on five offensively. But lately, and especially in the last game against Florida, the goaltending let them down. That was not NHL caliber goaltending for Miko Koskinen. Your team has just gone balls to the wall for the first period and into the second period. You're out shooting. You're out chancing the Florida Panthers. You're taking the game to them. And then one of the few chances they get, a horrible goal to give up, that first goal, and it completely set the Oilers back. They lost their confidence. They lost their mojo. And that's when the collapse started for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, look, Edmonton deserves blame. Like I said the other day, you know, you got you to gotta be tougher mentally. You can't just have one goal go in and, oh, woe is us. We're done. Stick a cork in us. Stick a fork in us. We're done. You can't think that way. You give up a goal. You got to come out the next shift and assert yourself. Reassert yourself. Get in the offensive zone. Win puck battles. Win foot race situations. Get to loose pucks. Get body position so you draw a penalty and you put your great power play uh, on the board. Do things that will turn the momentum of the hockey game. Don't cower into a little ball. Don't, you know, suck on your thumb and go into the fetal position and say it's over for us. Don't do that. Weak teams do that. Mentally weak teams do that. Fragile teams do that. Well, guess what? I think that's what the Edmonton Oilers are right now. They are an absolutely fragile mess at at this point in time. One little thing goes wrong and the whole thing just falls apart and crumbles. That's the Edmonton Oilers right now. Like, what what if they come out with a strong start maybe uh, and score here? And even if they do get the first goal, which has been a rarity for the Oilers lately, you know, Calgary could come back, tie the game and crumble all over again because it seems like something bad happens to them. The opponent does something good uh, and turns the momentum in their favor. And the Oilers just don't have that response right now to turn the game back uh, and the momentum back on their side. And, and that's the issue right now with Edmonton at the moment. And look, Dave Tippett, was very harsh a couple of weeks ago on Koskinen saying brutal mistake for when he misplayed the puck in a game against the Rangers. And I think it's gotten to Koskinen a little, gotten to Koskinen a little bit. He knows the coach has no faith in him. You know, the coach is calling him out publicly. He gives up six goals on 28 shots the other night and they're stuck. They are absolutely stuck with Koskinen starting again tonight because once again, Mike Smith's out, he's on IR. I don't think they feel confident enough in the kid and the younger guy, Stuart Skinner who hasn't been always consistent this year for them. So they're stuck with just trotting out Miko Koskinen again tonight and just pray to the heavens that he doesn't give up a uh, soft Dairy Queen goal, which has been uh, unfortunately too common of an occurrence lately for him. On the flip side, let's talk Calgary, who they were struggling for a little bit of time. But Daryl Sutter said, to hell with this. We're going to bag skate your asses for that just – shoddy shabby pitiful performance against ottawa and it was bad ottawa just completely outplayed them they won every battle for a loose puck that night and sutter said enough and that was their fourth straight loss after getting swept in the road trip against those juggernaut teams uh, in the east florida tampa carolina calgary lost all of those came back home laid an egg uh, against ottawa and sutter said enough's enough we're running your asses right through the ice uh, with that practice with the bag skate And the response was what Sutter was looking for. And it's obviously the bounce back the team was hoping for uh, after that bag skate against Florida. 5-1, 
one of the most impressive uh, performances I've seen this year uh, from uh, the Calgary Flames. Uh, bag skate means you just go skate back and forth, back and forth constantly. Uh, and and it, it wears you down. So it's like you're skating with bags attached to you. That's why they call it that bag skate uh, for the, Drew asking that. So, yeah, and it is not fun. And it's always a tactic coaches use when their team needs a wake up call uh, and has not been playing well. And Sutter and Sutter's an old school coach. It was really more of a thing back in the day. But remember, Sutter's been an NHL head coach since the late 80s, early 90s, way back when he was with, uh, coaching Chicago at one time way back in the day. So, yeah, it's painful. It's to wake up your team and say, hey, wake the fuck up. You need to start playing better. But it got the response. It, it worked because the way they played against Florida uh, was Calgary's best game in a very long time. Uh, five to one uh, victory over the Panthers in that game. It's just and I, I don't think Calgary comes into this game saying, OK, we won that game. Now we can slough off again. No. I mean, they had four losses in a row. I think they keep that momentum going. I think they keep on bringing it here uh, in this game against Edmonton here tonight. And I think you'll see them win this game. So minus, you know, even money, it's actually gone up to minus 120 with Calgary uh, in most. I'm on Calgary here. Again, I'm going to dare Edmonton to show me something here and show me a victory. Show me an ability to withstand some adversity in a hockey game, something they've not been able to do uh, as well uh, during this stretch. They've just got to show me, you know, that they can find their way and push through and find a way to win, whether it's get a save, whether it's kill a penalty at a crucial time in the game, whether it's, you know, score a big goal. And, you know, part of the reason why the depth scoring has fallen apart too, it's because Nugent Hopkins has been out. That hasn't helped. Zach Hyman's now on IR. And to be honest, though, Zach Hyman's been in a slump, a massive scoring drought, uh, even before his uh, uh, landing on the COVID protocol. So, you know, he hasn't been scoring and producing like he did early in the season. That's been a problem for Edmonton as well. Just a boatload of problems, and they don't have enough support right now offensively for Leon and Connor. That's an issue. The goaltending is like can't stop a beach ball right now, unfortunately. And you're never going to have a great chance to win games when that happens. So it's it's really a lot of issues here uh, in this one. Um, Brent Norris saying, I think Edmonton wins at home tonight. Yeah, I thought I've been thinking Edmonton will win a few of these games. They can they keep on losing. Yeah, Saturday night rivals. This is going to be a very, very intense game, I think, because I think the urgency is there. And look, maybe if um, Edmonton scores the first goal against Florida as opposed to the other way around, maybe maybe that's a different outcome, but it didn't happen. And even if Edmonton scores the first goal tonight against Calgary, what if Calgary ties the game like later in a pe- the period or five, 10 minutes later? What's not to say Edmonton just crumbles all over again? Because it seems like anything in a game that the opponent does against them just sends them into this tailspin where all of a sudden they're losing coverage defensively. They're not you know, finishing plays in the offensive zone. They're taking more penalties. The goaltending seems to just fall apart. One thing seems to lead to everything falling apart. So that's the thing. Unless they're going to shut out Calgary tonight, I would think Calgary is going to score. And when Calgary does eventually score a goal tonight, what's Edmonton's response level? Is it going to be like it's been for the last seven, eight games? The, team score, the other team scores a goal, we fall apart, we just crumble uh, and, and just uh, absolutely shit the bed? You know, that's the issue. They do not answer when the other team makes a push, when the other team scores, they have not pushed back. They have not responded. 
uh, the right way. And uh, that definitely bothers me uh, big time going into this game here tonight between the uh, Flames and the Oilers. So until proven otherwise, I'm looking at uh, uh, I'm looking at Calgary here minus 120 until I see a victory uh, put on the board uh, by this uh, Edmonton Oilers team, especially when you're talking a price range like this right around even money short favorite on the road Calgary. I'm going to take the Flames here, minus 120. Probably would lean over at six here because, look, right now Edmonton uh, is giving up goals in bunches. Koskinen has very little, if any, confidence right now in net, and yet they've got to play uh, him right now because of Mike Smith being out. They've got no other option. Over six as well for me, and I would uh, look toward Calgary, minus 120. Rich brings up a very, very solid point. Maybe they just need to get away from home. I mean, when you're struggling and you're slumping, it can even be even more difficult to break out of the slump at home where the media is constantly on your ass, the fan base is pissed off, you hear about it, you read about it, you see it. Uh, sometimes you just need to get on the road and clear your mind and bond together as a team. That's why I have doubts that this is the night they snap the losing streak because they're at home here and, and they just hear in the bad, the bad vibes all over the place. And it's not easy to break your way uh, out of it. Uh, we'll see if they can tonight, but not with my money, Calgary for me uh, until I see this Edmonton team app actually step up uh, Tampa Bay and San Jose final game of this uh, Saturday uh, NHL card. We've got uh, Tampa Bay around minus one, uh, 50, it looks like here uh, as road favorites in the Shark Tank. Uh, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, it's Tampa Bay off a loss and uh, a very poor performance by their standards last night. 5-1 losing to the Anaheim Ducks last night. I got to admit, that was very surprising to me. Uh, I kind of felt, felt like it could have been maybe a little bit of a flat spot for Tampa Bay, but they've been avoiding those flat spots lately. That was not the case uh, last night. 5-1 win for the uh, Ducks in that game. Great success from Vasilevsky. John Gibson was very good in net, though, as well for the Ducks. That's two games he's played pretty well uh, for the Ducks since uh, returning uh, in net. Back-to-back here for Tampa Bay. San Jose does have the rest advantage. Uh, of course, they played Thursday night against Seattle. They lost on the road against the Kraken by a score of 3-2, to two. but we just know how uh, good long-term, uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning have been uh, off a loss. Uh, you know, to put it in uh, perspective here, I think we can find some of these uh, perform uh, records here uh, that they've done off a lot, but it's been very good long-term. Uh, they've been very good in these kind of spots. Brian Elliott's in net tonight, obviously, with this being a back-to-back uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. But Brian Elliott's a capable goalie. Uh, this will be his first start of this year. Uh, you know, he stopped 20 of 23 shots uh, in the uh, last start that he had against the uh, New York Rangers uh, on New Year's Eve. Uh, you know, he uh, led the, the Rangers to a shutout win against uh, Ottawa 4 nothing. made uh, or actually they ended up losing that. My, my bad for nothing. But he only gave up three in that one, gave up a one goal and a victory against the Flyers. I mean, when I look at this uh, uh, recent tra- uh, performances of Brian Elliott, he's he's capable here. And I think when you look at Tampa Bay, kind of loose defensively last night, not uh, atypical of them. When I look at this uh, game here tonight, I think it's a good bounce back for Tampa Bay. I cashed a ticket with Seattle uh, the other night against uh, San Jose. I think San Jose, you're going to start to see them trend down a little bit. They've lost now three of their last four games and all the good teams you know, for the most part, their wins were Philadelphia, Buffalo, Detroit. Um, you know, they did beat LA. That was a solid win, but LA was kind of in a difficult scheduling spot going into that game. You look at the losses for San Jose, the last three Rangers, Penguins, 
and, and then Seattle. I shouldn't say Seattle's a good team, but uh, you know, not exactly a team that I'm trusting here uh, against a Tampa Bay team that uh, I think be looking to bounce back strong. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay here. I'm going to go in regulation to get a little bit of a better price uh, on this one. Uh, you can get uh, Tampa Bay here uh, at around plus 100, uh, even money uh, in regulation uh, in this game. Uh, I like that side here in this one. And yeah, you're getting actually Tampa Bay at a reasonable price here because of uh, Brian Elliott being in net. But, you know, he's still not chopped liver, in my opinion. He's still a capable goalie. He's facing the San Jose team that comes and goes offensively for them, especially of late. Uh, and I would lean under. I would, Daryl Turner asking about the under. This feels like a night where Tampa Bay tries to get back to play just a good, sound, tidy defensive game, something they did not have last night. Actually, Cooper was talking about that, that uh, didn't love the way the team was defensively last night, uh, looking to maybe make amends there uh, and be a little bit better uh, in the uh, defensive zone uh, tonight after that uh, 5-1 loss to Anaheim. So I don't mind the under here, and it is six. So I could see this game maybe staying under the total here, but I'm going to make it official with Tampa in regulation. Uh, you can get that right now at around plus 100 uh, in this game. There you go. Uh, that is the Saturday NHL card. It is a massive slate. I uh, hope you enjoyed the analysis. Uh, should be a, a fast, fun card to uh, uh, see unfold here uh, on this Saturday. Lots of good betting opportunities. Uh, thanks to everyone again for tuning in live on YouTube to the Ice Guys Show. Um, Alex was supposed to be uh, with me today, but, uh, couldn't make it, uh, unfortunately. So that's why I'm flying solo today, but we'll have the whole crew back on Monday, uh, for the, uh, Monday edition of the show. And I will do a brief pre-recorded solo show tomorrow for the, uh, Sunday card. So make sure you tune in for that, uh, on the ice guys tomorrow. And I want to remind you as well, we've got our betcasts returning after the Super Bowl, and we are looking forward to that. After Super Bowl weekend, the Ice Guys betcasts are coming back. We will be doing them at least once a week for the rest of the regular season and the playoffs as well. We'll be doing at least one. And I remember in the playoffs last year, on occasion, we would do a couple betcasts a week. So uh, we are looking forward to that. Uh, the Ice Guys betcasts, me, Alex, Andrew, and Jimmy, we're going to invite former hockey players uh, on the show. Uh, and uh, we're going to invite, invite tons of our viewers and listeners and our Ice Guys supporters to join us, hang out with their favorite beverage, watch some hockey with us on these BetCasts, cash some live bets. Uh, it's going to be a shit ton of fun. It's always fun with those BetCasts when we've done them in the past, and we will be bringing those back uh, following Super Bowl weekend. So there you have it. Um, Ice Guys BetCasts returning after Super Bowl weekend. Definitely looking forward to that. Also looking forward to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, they are celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. If the DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still get in on the action in the divisional round and play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
must be 21 years of age or older, must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, download the DraftKings app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. All right, time for best bet to wrap up this Saturday edition of the Ice Guys. Man, it's always tough on a Saturday, and uh, I'm looking to bounce back. I'm looking to make this count because I was uh, disappointed in the Florida-Vancouver game, obviously being a lot lower scoring than I anticipated. But credit to uh, Spencer Martin was very good in net last night, and Canucks played a solid, structured, sound defensive game, really tight last night, I think, to help him out. Uh, And it certainly worked. It kept that game competitive, even though Florida ended up emerging with the uh, victory in the end. But uh, they wanted to keep it low scoring. They did that. Uh, For best bet today, when I look at this card, lots to choose from uh, on this slate. Uh, I am going to go with, wow, it's a a tough decision here, but I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go big dog here today. I I really like Ottawa here. I really do. You can get plus 170 to plus 180. There is no doubt in my mind. Washington is a hazard to your bankroll, a flight risk, whatever phrase you want to use in this kind of price range right now, laying minus 200 uh, in this game against an Ottawa team that all they do is they battle, they compete. They're going to have Matt Murray back in net. Matt Murray played well uh, in the uh, games he started before this recent absence, before he played those games out West and against Edmonton and Calgary uh, earlier and he played well in both of those games. Uh, I, I feel it's warranted here. I think they're very much live to win this game, and the price is just very, very uh, attractive in my mind. And the Senators, there's a lot of those advanced numbers that point to them playing better hockey than you would think, and Washington, to me, definitely has their share of struggles right now. And again, the record, the losing record that they've had with TJ Oshie out of the lineup cannot be denied. Let's go Ottawa here, plus 175 uh, against the Washington Capitals. Great underdog price. We're taking a shot here and using Ottawa as a big dog against Washington for my best bet for this Saturday uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Oh, if you want to know what I'm on in NFL, even though this is a hockey show, it is playoffs. I'll throw it out there. Um, I like the uh, Titans. Uh, against the uh, Bengals. I think they're minus three and a half, minus four right now. I lean to the over in that game. I lean to, I like the Niners a little bit plus the points against Green Bay simply because I think they can run the ball against a suspect Green Bay run defense. Tomorrow, I like the Bucks. I mean, Tom Brady less than a field goal. Rams with safety injuries. Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle, doesn't look like he's going to play. I think the uh, Bucks are getting a little bit healthier. I think Tristan Wirfs, key O-lineman for them, is going to play. Uh, and trending toward, I think, being on the field. I think Bucks find a way. I also like the over in that Bucks rams game. They played an over earlier this year. Um, rams, as an underdog, have been a big-time over team uh, under Sean McVay when they're a dog. A lot of the time, their games go over the total because they score. they're, they're playing better teams. They give up more points, but they also score more points. And I like Buffalo in the over against Kansas City. High total, 54, but again, another trend where Buffalo as a dog has gone over the total in six straight games uh, as an underdog. And this year, 3-0 and to the over and when they've been road underdogs. The Tampa game that uh, the Bills played, the New England game in New England that they played, and the um, earlier this year there was another one. Oh yeah, Kansas City, and those games had 54, 58, and 60 points. 
All right. And so, yeah, that total's high at 54, but I think it gets over that total with Bills and Chiefs on Sunday night. And for a Sunday night game in Kansas City, Missouri, the Midwest, you'd think maybe there's some wind, some cold, some snow. It's going to be as about as good weather-wise as you could ask for for a Sunday night uh, NFL game there uh, with uh, the uh, Bills and the uh, Chiefs. So I think it gets over that total. Uh, remember, I think it was 38-20 in the regular season meeting, and the Chiefs are going to put up more than 20 points, I think, this time around. But I think Buffalo gets into the 30s here in this one. Let's keep in mind, by the way, the Chiefs' defense, I'll throw this out to you. Everyone thinks it's such a great defense. They played Pittsburgh twice down the stretch. They played Las Vegas. They played Denver. Uh, not great in terms of offenses. Any of those teams, in my opinion, only Raiders a decent offense. The other games they played, um, Cincinnati, what did they do in that game? They gave up 30s and lost the game to the Bengals. The other game was the Chargers, and they barely escaped with an overtime win, and they gave up 28 points to Herbert and the Chargers in that game. Those were the best offenses Kansas City's defense played down the stretch, the Chargers and the Bengals, and they both moved the ball uh, against the uh, Chiefs. Uh, that's why I think Josh Allen and the Bills can do the same here uh, on Sunday night. So great weekend of NFL football. Looking forward to it. And certainly a great Saturday night here coming up for NHL uh, action as well. And that is a wrap for this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.